You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to the Terror Dome. Mm. Oh, yo, hey, hi. I'm still uh, here. Yeah, as as we sometimes oh. do, that was Patrick's awkward, weird way of saying, hey, this isn't the normal intro, because at the top of today's episode, you are getting a song premiere. The band is Public Opinion. This is the song Heaven Sent, which is off a two-song digital single out 222, which is not today, but tomorrow, but you get to hear it first. Two tracks recorded and produced by Taylor Young at the pit in Van Nuys, California, a.k.a. The Valley. Uh, they're going on tour in March and April across the South, Midwest, and Northeast. Guys, we're all pretty we're pretty warm to public opinion. We like this, right? Yeah, Damn. so th- th- this is... Uh, whenever you say... Oh, you people are sleeping on a thing. It I don't like that because it feels like even if it's true, it feels like damning by where mm. in a weird way, you know. Mm. Uh, so I try not to say it, mm. uh, but in this case, it's true. Uh, Public I think opinion, haven't really said. underrated. Check it out now. Welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. Uh, my name's not Patrick. My name's Bob. And I'm Tom. And where in the world is Patrick fucking Kinlan? <laughs> uh, you know what? That's one of those questions. It's like, do we know? Not, no, not really. Nope. Don't really know. Don't I really know. have no idea. Could be in Abu Dhabi. Could be in Albany. Uh, we don't know. Could be an immigration jail. He could be. In the ocean, yeah, yeah. So um, we were talking before. I was like, you know, I don't know if he's Mister Unreliable or Old Faithful. 
Like, is he reliably unreliable? But then there's times when he's very reliable, but just won't speak. So we're we're kind of in a in a, a pickle of a doozy here, trying to figure out where where our buddy is. But that's okay. We've got we've got the episode, for, and you know. So the deal is, he's about to go on tour, and he's in commute. Uh, Tom, do you know how far New York City is to Perth, Australia? Um. Let's see. 3,000 miles? Uh, 11,613 oh. miles. Yeah. Yeah. So from, from. Is he walking like he would walk to like the airport in London? Well, we know, as discussed, he has an airport or uh, an air flight aversion, right? He doesn't like sure. to fly for, for nonsense reasons, you know, just like complete gibberish because um, he gets as much radiation when he like microwaves his Masalidosa uh, or whatever. Yeah. yeah right. Um, but he doesn't. He tries to use that as a reason, and blah, blah, blah. but he doesn't have a choice um, unless he got on a freighter, which maybe him and Eric ended up doing the the freighter boat ship. Well, I mean, he might have the thing like I don't know if you remember when Blink had that bad uh, plane accident. Uh huh. Oh yeah, I think it was Blink. I think it was Travis Bar. Travis Barker wouldn't get on planes, right? So they were doing like an Australian tour, and they literally oh. put him on a. Um, a cruise like wow. they drove him to New York on a tour bus and got him on a cruise to Australia, like set up like a drum room for him and everything. Wow. And then however long it takes you to cruise to Australia, it's gotta be two weeks, a month. I don't know. So maybe that's what Pat's doing. And he just yeah, didn't tell us. Well, you know, uh, I, I wish anybody well, who's on the, uh, the official self-defense family slash drug church party cruise. That's going <laughs> fully across the Pacific Ocean. Maybe they're going to hit the Panama, Panama Canal and cut in. Uh, but since we are the only two friends in the room, we're going to be keeping this quick and get to a fun kind of topic uh, to try to stir up some hardcore convo here. Um, sh- Ooh, we got some hardcore convo Sorry. in the background. No Sorry worries. About that. Um, shout out to sponsors if this ends up being a mainline feed. We'll see. Uh, f- this is the every once in a while Go follow them on social media because that's how you stay right on the pulse. If for some reason you aren't, you really should follow To Live a Lie, which is at To Live a Lie on Instagram. You should follow Run for Cover Records, which is at Run for Cover on Instagram. You should follow Convulse Records at Convulse Records on Instagram. And of course, you should be following at Close Casket Activities, the GOAT Close Casket Activities. Shout out to y'all. We appreciate you. We love you. Tom, how you doing? How you feeling on this Sunday morning at nine forty a.m.? I'm good. I'm I'm all right. Well, you know, <laughs> well. Uh, commitment conquers all, right? We're just getting this done. Uh, That's it. Yo, um, we couldn't miss a Tuesday. People, couldn't. you know, if we're late a little bit, we screw up, screw up people's commutes and all this sort of stuff. So, like, we have a job to do. So we we I have, would not miss it. No, we have some overnight listeners who who uh, are out on the West Coast, who they get the new episode at 3 a.m., which is sick. And uh, so shout out to all the early mornings. That's the people we we love to hear from. Uh, I mean, we love to hear from everybody, so hit us up. But it is really cool that we help make a lot of commutes, whether it's to, from, uh, middle of the night, first thing in the morning on your way home. Axe to Grind is there for you. Um, yo, uh Sunday, February 26th. This is the last call. Peek behind the curtains. 
it should be sold out right now, but it hit that and we still got requests for tickets. So we kept it open because we were able to finagle, squeeze in a few more chairs in. This is gonna, those last few chairs are limited though. So this is it. So please go to St. Vitus, uh, Sunday, February 26th, worst possible timeline, overnight drive, axe to grind. I'm going to go out on a limb, Pat, uh, t- Pat Tom. Um, Tom, I think this might be our last live appearance in 2023, unless somebody wants to fly us overseas, and then we'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, unless, yeah, I guess so. I mean, we, we haven't really, uh, we don't we don't get to plan this much because, you know, Pat, <laughs> Pat, Pat's going to Pat, you know, and uh, so True. unless, you know. Unless, unless it really get, comes together. Yeah, yeah, and we don't like, you know, having lives and stuff. We don't get to be like, we're going to just go to that, you know, whatever, you know, fest or this thing and follow Pat wherever he may go. It's true. So, it's true. So it's true. this may be it. So, if, I mean, maybe the last time you see Patrick alive, the way this is going. So who knows? Yeah, that's right. Uh, if he has, it, like, um, oh, have you ever thought about this? The The Simpsons, how many times Homer Simpson chokes Bart? Like he does the like anime. I was I was just picturing you doing that to Patrick, like squeezing his neck, and then he had these like handprints on his neck. And was I mean, I've done it in my mind like three thousand times. So it's it's you know. Think about right how that, yeah. Think about how that was just like the ex, that's like an accepted part of comedy in the nineties that I think is totally out of vogue now, right? Like, what, like the father think, abusing his child. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like like a like a dad casually choking his son out on a commercial on a cartoon. Yeah, like just doesn't doesn't go. Um, I was just listening to akin to that. I was listening to um, Hot ninety seven, which gave me a good yeah. idea for some content. But we'll talk about that later. But they were talking about um, so they're doing this, this like top fifty of hip hip hop songs ever. Oh, I like that. And they were um, doing "Let Me Ride" by Dr. Dre and Snoop. Yep. What a and, chorus on that. Oh, but the funny part was the the dirty version, like the version that's on the record. He said the, it's one eight seven with my D in your mouth. Yep, right. And Rosenberg pointed out, which was hilarious. He was like, "Yo, the clean version is one eight seven with my gat in your mouth." He's like, "Having a gun in your mouth in nineteen ninety three was less less offensive than saying th- the, the D word." The D word. The, yeah. And I was like, it's, "Yeah, the nineties were a wild time." Yeah, it's like yes. the clean version of being like one like one eight seven, which is a code for murder. Murder, yep. With a gun in your mouth was like that's cool. Hot ninety seven, play it. You can play <laughs> that in a fucking in a supermarket. But the dick, no, no dicks, no, no, no. dicks. Yeah. Um, well, well, you know, time is a uh, a weird thing. It's a uh, flat circle. It's something that Patrick apparently doesn't understand too much. No, doesn't get it at all. But. Oh, man, I, I got other people in my life who got time issues. It's a hard thing. Um, you know what the Apple phone does, though? But you can you can add different clocks. <laughs> Try like world clocks. So I literally have what time it is in Perth, Australia. Yes. Ooh, see, yes, I like that. All right. We should, uh, you know what? When we see Patrick, maybe we'll commandeer his phone. Um, so, yeah, as I said, uh, the, the live show is going to be fun. We got some cool plans. Uh, we might have a guest. We might not. We'll see. Uh, if we do, we'll let you know. Um, but, you know, we we'll appreciate everybody who's there. <laughs> Come in. You'll have brunch. Come to the show. We'll have, like, set times up for, you know, 
And then we'll have you out the door. You go get some nice food in the Greenpoint Williamsburg area in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Yo, we should plan out what we're going to have for dinner that night. I'm excited for that. Um, So uh, today, Tom, uh, you may have noticed, you may not have, uh, I listed the episode name as Gold Standard. I did. Um, Gold Standard, for the audience who might not know, this is like the creme de la creme, the best of the best. Um, What is the Gold Standard? But I was thinking about it. And I was like, what can we do that would jab Patrick, one of his favorite things? What does Patrick like to do on the internet almost more than anything? There's YouTube. What Wikipedia. is this? There you go. You got it. I I looked at hardcore punk subgenres. Um, genreizing is a fun, silly game, but there's a lot. And and I was like, you know what? Let's see how much we agree, disagree, and kind of put against some of the hardcore punk subgenres. And then also explore them because there's a few in here that I think both of us are going to be like, uh, what? But then a lot that I think we might have some feelings on. So um, what I'd like um, to go uh, through is okay. talk about these subgenres. And they're missing a couple, by the way. They're missing a couple, which is interesting. Um, and if we feel comfortable with the what they what Wikipedia, this this bank of knowledge, <laughs> theoretically, um, has has categorized as hardcore punks creme de la creme sure. two things yes can you send me the link you're working off of absolutely have in front of me. and number two for the the listeners mm-hmm. we will get back to post hardcore oh yeah yo when that's, we find pat because people are like how did you not name xx i'm like oh that was like the first like third like we're getting we'll get back to it and we'll have deep dives i also i'm um, talking to my buddy brian who who um Tag the the Instagram uh, the the podcast and Instagram. Yeah, we should probably do a J, a J Tree deep dive. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think those records. There's a lot of great records and some stuff that I didn't know even existed. I for I mean this is this is how it's wild. Um, the Damnation AD record that Jade Tree put out. In my yeah, opinion, that's classic. the that's the yeah that's the Damnation AD record. Yeah. I'm not I'm not Jimmy Damnation AD. But I'm still saying that's the one you got to listen to, right? And like I think it's an important one to hear, whatever, whatever. I didn't, I didn't remember J Tree put it out because it's outside, kind of what my scope when I think about them, the typical J Tree, even of the time. But it's like, no, they have a ton of stuff like that. It's like for every promise ring, and then you go into the lifetime or can dynamite, et cetera, et cetera. They have the Damnation AD record. They have the From Ashes Rise record later. They have all these like... The Turning Point discography. The Turning Point discography, which we have talked about this, but it's worth repeating every however many episodes. Turning Point is a band who now is considered creme de la creme, gold standard of late 80s hardcore. Um, sort of not, not youth crew, but a little youth crew and melodic. Has the energy, right? People talk about them. Like I bet there's someone listening to this right now when I say... Oh, uh, there's people out there who like Turning Point more than Youth of Today, and they're like, "Yeah, duh, I like Turning Point more than Youth of Today." Right. And there's that. That is, if you said that in 1989, there'd be people who looked at you like a heretic, like you're being burned at the the. Dude, if you said you know, that in 1999, people would be like, "What the fuck?" Correct. The Turning Point discography flipped the game on turning point because it put the material out there to a much larger larger audience and that's not to say there weren't huge fans before that you know we had to piece it together this had it all one 
easy to digest, you know. Yo, and 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 you you will be a better person to point this out to me. Obviously, the folks from Thursday knew Turning Point before the Turning Point discography came out. Yeah. But the Turning Point discography enabled every person who liked Thursday bands like that to gateway into hardcore through, as you said, an easy to get. Here's everything. And you start on the older, the newer, the, the later material, we'll say, um, that's a little more melodic and, and go backwards. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I kind of like this hardcore stuff. Let me check this out. This more like straightforward hardcore stuff too um it's yeah. fascinating to think about what a big impact that discography had right pre-spotify pre-apple music that when now now i don't know if if we i mean we talked about this too before like the, how how important mm. like actual discography releases are because it's like well you just put the three records up and it's all up there but like at the time when you know you couldn't just find like every absolution record or oh, every absolution sure. appearance or every turning point record or every time you know the demos and live stuff and this like unless you were like a real kind of you know you you had to be a digger and yeah and really really work for it and so i mean that's by the way we have another year in hardcore coming pretty soon that's why when we do on the year in hardcore we note the discographies that came out i think we did the year that the minor threat complete discography came out uh that matters you can watch you can watch genre, you can watch hardcore bend as these things come out and it's like, oh, this is more available to more people. People are checking this out. All of a sudden, a couple years later, there's more bands that sound sort of like this. Right. You know, there's no such so that. No. I mean, to be honest, it's awesome. Because it's saying, hey, this is this is available for more people. This is exposing people to things. I mean Let's be real. We always did my threat discography first. Yeah. Then yes. you broke it up to the you know oh it's this is out of step or this I'm mean, same thing like yes I heard thirteen songs before I knew of Margin Walker yes yes I mean that's you know what or whatever like you know I I wonder because you made the good point of like you know and we've talked about the 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 value of a discography in the streaming age where it's like well you could put a discography up or you can click on the band's name and then all their records are right there the discography allowed people to have this window in you got it you got to hear it all and then you did the kind of parsing and like oh you know like there are people who really love the minor threat seven inches and separate them from outer step but that's something that i think happens later because when you hear everything it's like wow this is all great and and you know i I don't know and we've talked about the importance of the summaries the descendant summary which is the best of like Again, bands with giant discographies. And crack. And there's stuff in there that you don't want. And there's stuff in there that maybe you like, but isn't the, like. Nobody wants to hear Van. Right. Well, that that one I was going to say. Nobody wants to hear Van. I'm the weirdo who likes all the most. Descendants all record. And, um, but, oh. but yeah, right. It's, it's, but I, one, it was exposure point. And two, I kind of like when they start taking that like new wave meets post-punk influence into their sound. But if I only got Milo Goes to College, I wouldn't hear that. You get summary, you get a taste of that. It's the reason why we talk about Who's Do is is a dense band for a lot of people to get into. Uh, all that said, Jade Tree Date Deep Dive is a must. Uh, pin it. It's it's coming soon. Um, and actually, maybe we can get those dudes. We can try to talk to one of those folks because that would actually be a really fun convo. 
Uh, okay, are you ready to do some gold standarding? Yeah, I'm looking at some of these, and I'm like, wow, I didn't really, that's, this sounds like something we would do. That's right. I know. This is an interesting one. So um, I'm gonna, we'll just start at the start. It's alphabetical. We won't, we won't, we're not going to be exhaustive here. Bandana thrash. When you hear bandana thrash, uh, very end of the 90s, early 2000s, gold standard. What's the gold standard bandana thrash band that you'd put in here? The first thing that pops in my head, and I could be wrong, mm-hmm. I think a Rambo. Okay. They are certainly part of it. Um, I don't I, know in where they stand in like the, the hierarchy, but like, mm-hmm. cause this wasn't really my scene, but like, I think of bandana thrash. I think of Rambo or like so, what happens next. I think what happens next. I think life's halt. I think tear it up, but tear it up kind of stepped out of it a little bit, but they I were in this. Bandanas? Did any of those dudes wear bandanas? No. And that's the, well, the drummer would sometimes, but not really. You know, I think, I think by the time this was termed, he was like, I can't wear this bandana. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like in, in Dead Nation, he would, I think. Um, this kind of was later reappropriated as just like thrash core. You know what I mean? And saying bandana thrash. Because the um, like uh, punk, but hardcore kids, if that makes sense. Sure. Fast, focus on the fast as opposed to like breakdowns. But you'd get breakdowns and get a little bit of mosh parts. But the focus was fast, um, but not power violence or grind fast. Just the fastest that fast hardcore could be. Um, largely, a lot of stuff that I think isn't great. But in my opinion, from this world, Tear It Up's early material is the best of it. Life's Halt's material is also very, very good. The Life's Halt 7-inch, uh, We Sold Our Souls for Hardcore on Youngblood is awesome and just great uh their split with what happens next is really good and shows this interesting flourish with more melody like they take fast hardcore and then put in little bursts of early 80s dc or chicago melody in there and i think that's really kind of cool and even for somebody who's like i don't really like the super fast stuff they could cling on to that that life's hall material is really interesting um then what happens next? Again, I really like their ten inch, their first seven inch, and their the ten inch that came after it are really pretty good. They have a few other records in there that that hold up very well. Rambo was the band who captured the like energy of this the most. Uh, it was right. They built tanks. Yeah, it was it's like fun. it was. It, there you go. It's fun. It was silly. It was slapstick. The more I think about them is that they not only were taking this and trying to be fun and silly, it was sort of a rebuttal to a lot of the things that were going on in Philly in terms of the harder side of things was, was a pretty scary place. Like, like, like a lot of places, New York had uh, Tom, you could tell a lot of stories like New about York, New York shows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. So what they were doing was something that was a lot more focused on like, a fun time. LOLs. Right. Yeah. Right. And then if you want to, if for somebody who's looking for a reference point, if you get the energy of a municipal waste. Right. They brought it to like the mainstream almost. Right. They brought it to like the metal crowd and like that was sort of that. And to be honest, for a more contemporary reference, Drain does some of this where they have a bunch of their friends with inflatables and there's, you know, boogie boards and all that. Jaws music. and Yeah. yeah. 
Rambo was was more theatrical than that, but they had you know, props that they made. Exactly. That they made and their friends made. So I think if you start with those, I'm trying to think if there was any others uh, from this era. Like DS13 doesn't totally fit the bandana thrash thing, but they were in the mix. That's someone that you should hear. Um, and No Reply, which is Dave from Suicide Files band prior to the Suicide File. And did a split with, with Life's Halls, right? Exactly. Did a split with Life's Halls on Indecision Records. Shout out Indecision Records. Um, got a fest coming up. We got a fest coming up. We, also, we'll talk you know about what? that mainline sometimes. Speaking about Bandana Thrash, this is yes. not Bandana Thrash, but I would like to shed some light on a uh, friend of the show and contributor, mm. Planet on a Chain. Shout out, yeah. Um, that record's LP. really, really fucking great. It's really good. Yeah, so it's uh, Dave our Dave Ack, friend and contributor to Axe to Grind. Um, Dave Act to Grind. Um, That's good. That's pretty good. I know. I can't believe well, he has Pat, you better be careful, buddy. I, I know. We already got the name. Dave's up right now. We're texting about the band Train. So um, uh, I've heard really sketchy things that we could talk off air. <laughs> about like the band Train? Racist. Yes. Whoa. Well, I uh, like you saying get... stuff like behind the scenes to like – you know, like what the Whoa. fuck? Like, yeah, that's not what I expect from Drops of Jupiter, man. You Allegedly, I mean? not Patrick Moynihan. He seems like a wonderful guy, but the, okay. apparently, like, some of the band, like some of the musicians, were a little, you know, looking around saying dirty work, like saying uncool words. Wow. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, train. You're, we're putting you on blast. Um, Hopefully, no one listens. That's like related to somebody because they're gonna be like, "Oh, it's gonna be my yeah. uncle John." I'm like, "Oh, Jesus!" But that's what I heard. Someone toured with them, and I was like, "Yeah, like the guy was a little too, like a little too free with some words." Too loose. It was a different. I'll be Patrick here. Well, <laughs> it was a different time. Um, I mean, you know, he didn't realize he was gonna be on TikTok. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Shout out to Revelation for putting out the Big Laugh record and the Planet on Chain LP. Both very, very good. Who else is in Planet on Chain? It's it's folks from Punch. It's, uh, uh, no, look back and well, maybe some look back and laugh. Look back and laugh. Um, uh, uh, Brian Bad Skulls um, and a few other bands. Uh, I mean, a lot of Bay Area bands. So it's uh, it's it's a bit of a super group. But if you get a chance to see them, uh, Bay Area or in California soon, you should do it. I've been trying. I'm trying. If someone hears this and wants to push the buttons on all those dudes, I'm trying to get them to come out and do like an East Coast weekend. So let's figure this out. Do it. Let's go. Um, okay, so that's been Anthrash. I think that's a couple. That's that would be the gold standard in my book is uh, Life's Halt, No Reply, Tear It Up, What Happens Next, uh, and, and just for good measure, a little askew, but still in the DS13 is uh, a very you should hear that band we'd make um, you a playlist but they don't believe in streaming probably most of these bands actually many don't that's right um this one's a tough one for me tom christian hardcore weirdly enough also tough for me are there any okay are there any that we say that this i like is the, well well that you like yeah that's a good question are there any that you actually like you're like musically I, i'm with this well i mean it depends on like what your level of like I mean, there's probably bands that I like that I didn't realize were Christian bands. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, over, like overtly, like we're Christian bands that I do. I do like Strong Arm. Okay. Or I liked Strong Arm. Like, if you listen to Shai Halud, Shai Halud is Strong Arm with less religious lyrics. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, to me, because I lie on one side of the, the spectrum, like, yeah, you're on one side of the cross, the rest of them are carrying it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little lower. Like, Stretch Armstrong to me is a Christian band. Mm-hmm. They probably don't consider them. They're probably not a Christian band, but to me, they were. Yeah, I like them. Like, I, okay. I, they're a good fucking hardcore band. But like, 
I never. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Like so Zayo was Zayo, a Christian man. Right? I never. I never I, got I, into it. There's a lot of stuff that happened like concurrently with like indecision stuff that if we never played with them, I didn't really know them. Yeah. Now, what about the band Living Sacrifice? Who's the one that Patrick always bring, always brings up? They're pretty metal. They're like, yeah, I saw them. I, I actually saw them once with Silent Majority and Cave In on Long Island, mm-hmm. and then they went on to be in Evanescence. That's all I know. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, a Disciple AD. Anything? Uh, I mean, Dave Quiggle is an incredibly um, good mm-hmm. artist. Under Oath. Anything? A couple of hits. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I like the, the more poppy hits. But so let's 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 pull back then. Then you're probably saying stretch arm strong, strong and strong arm are the way to go. If you're in if my you're generation, for this, yes, yeah, that's right, that's right. Like if you like Shai Halud, like literally, you listen to Stretch Armstrong, and it's you can see where Fox got everything. You know what? The funny part is, is you you nailed it when you said that some of these bands wouldn't consider themselves Christian bands because I think there's hardcore bands that that are a group of Christians who are doing a hardcore metalcore, whatever band. And then there's Christian. We're doing a Christian hardcore band, right? So it's like, not only is it nascently musically hardcore metalcore, whatever you want to call it, but our lyrics and songs are strictly about Jesus. Cause I feel like that's a, an angle on some of this stuff. And it all depends on who's writing the lyrics. I mean, like you know, that's right. That's right. Indecision. That's you know, right. The lyrics were written by two straight edge dudes. Like they were yep. Pat and Bagger would fucking do a pot. Yeah, Ooh, that's right. You know, so we would get flies. It was like New York straight edge. We're like mm. <laughs> not <laughs> so much. Not so much. What about uh, so? So that's the thing. I'm looking at their what they have listed here, and there's stuff like Norma Jean. I'm not sure that Norma Jean would call, consider themselves a, a, a Christian band. You know, like I'm. Sure and it's also a point. weird. It's a weird category. Because it's malleable and people use it when it's beneficiary. It's a benefit yeah, to them. Yeah, that's a that's the you, big. You're thing. playing fucking cornerstone. You're like all all hail the god, and then you're playing <laughs> with fucking you know MPB and sworn enemy, and you don't say a word about it. So yeah, it's you're like, like eh, whatever about that stuff. I, whatever. I, I mean, it's cool. Premarital sex, do it. Yeah, like it's like whatever. <laughs> that's the thing that's interesting to me about Christian hardcore. It's like musically, I have very little interest in the, most of this stuff, just because it largely doesn't. Even the stuff that own. might scratch an edge for you is so hokey you wouldn't get into it. That's right. That's right. It's I mean, fast hardcore, like, I'm not into this. I mean, so my my story is that I, you know, being a 16 year old, there was a local record store that would ha- that had a, you know huge CD selection, but then had a small vinyl selection, and they had some seven inch that looked youth crew as youth crew could get, but it was a little weird, and I'd never heard the band names, and I got it, and I was like, oh, this is Christian Straight Edge, like wow. It was Christian late '90s Christian Youth Crew Straight Edge, and it was really bad, really, really bad. But but like it took me a minute. I remember getting it, and the outside looked like what it's supposed to, you know, block right. letters, people jumping, hoodies, X's, X. the whole thing. Yo, then I'm looking at the thanks list. Thank you to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the One above, ba ba ba, all this stuff. Um, and then I'm reading the lyrics. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, and so what you said is dead on Christian hardcore. And this is what I want to ask people who are into it. Yo, if I'm a diehard Jesus man, I think it's kind of whack if bands are using it and then losing it and then using it when it's 
when it they so when it's so fitting, you know, like I mean, it's also insane because you think how many kids. I mean, it's a it was a huge jumping off point for a lot of hardcore kids because you could get like a fucking you know you could get a strong arm record in like the Christian bookstore. Yep. Yep. So of course, if your parents are you know are religious. Yep. And you're like in the Christian bookstore, like seeing if the new Bible came out yet. And you could buy a, you know, you could get a CD like of heavy music because your parents know it's already been yep. vetted and it's cool. Yeah. You know how many people probably like now would never admit to that? I mean, I'm a godless New Yorker, so like whatever, right. but like, but like, you know, folks that are down south or whatever, like, you know, your first records are probably bought at the fucking Christian bookstore and there's no harm in that. But like, then no. now you like, you know, fucking slay or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not even mad about it. I am thinking about it. And there were, um, I don't know if it was not of this world, the NOTW or what it was, but there were like, I remember being at a mall. When you go out West, there were Christian, like, like Christian hot topic, basically. And oh, it was wow. like, Oh yeah. Like check this out. There's a giant, whatever, christian hardcore band uh poster in the store and it was like what the hell is this so i don't remember the name of it but uh so my two questions for the godly are one do you remember these kind of christian uh hot topic stores were they not of this world that's what i remember in my head but it's been 17 years two yo if i'm a christian i'd kind of be bummed on the whole thing and the way it's treated because it does seem to be kind of on or off and not that I'm not that I'm into the idea of there being this world. Like I'm I'm kinda like the Christian hardcore world where there's these giant festivals. What what's the one you mentioned? Cornerstone. Cornerstone, right. Yo, that trips me out a bit. Like I gotta be honest. It's a that weird thing. Giant. Giant, right? Giant. But I mean, like to me, it's like I think it's always weird that it was kind of could come and go. Like Earth Crisis ain't hanging out and being like cheeseburgers, right? Like, no, they're they're <laughs> That's fucking- right. Yes, thank you. They're vegan to be. They're not changing for anything, no matter what the company they are. But I felt like there were times that, you know, I'm glad that people didn't force it on you. But I would almost respect a little bit more if you're like, all right, do we have to? Which I'm, I'm just eating Taco Bell. Do we have to pray? Like, you guys have to pray. I just want to eat a fucking a churro. Like, leave me alone. That's right. No, I shout out. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> shout out Christianity. Shout, shout out Christians. We love. We shout out militant Christians. We just wish you were more of you. No thanks. But anyways, uh, Christian. <laughs> My mom's Hardcore, an Irish Catholic. It's cool. Whatever. Yeah, that's right. I know plenty that I I totally get on with. I love you. Uh, I just think, you know what? Total respect to the Christians who don't shove it on people. But we do think if you're going to do a Christian hardcore right band. You know, maybe maybe stick to your guns. You know, um, no pun or no reference. Nope, yeah, no, 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 no subtweet. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't know those dudes. So, um, all right, next next subgenre. I think we identified what we think are the gold standards of Christian hardcore. Crossover thrash. When I think crossover thrash, I think um, DRI and COC. Sure. Yeah, yeah, because I think maybe suicidal. Yeah. Oh, yes, definitely suicidal. Um. And then in the modern parlance, I think you have to say power trip. Sure. Um, I think they drain. have drain. Yeah, and then there's contemporary stuff. I think drain's really good. I think, and I don't enforced. think they get put here, and they should be enforced. Is hundred percent here. I think they deserve that. Judiciary is going in a different space, but comes from kind of a, a crossover thrash angle. Like judiciary is taking crossover thrash into kind of that meets heavy hardcore, whereas enforced is going kind of deeper into metal 
crossover thrash into metal metal. Um, Power Trip is the modern thrash crossover thrash gods. Yep. Um, Iron Age deserves mention. Uh, and then the New York stuff. Um, Leeway crossover thrash. No, you know what? I'm looking. I'm looking at this. I mean, some of these like Hogan's Heroes is listed as a crossover group. I don't know. Nope. Nope. Um, not at all. Uh, to me, it's you know, ad- it's saying attitude adjustment, crumb suckers, cryptic slaughter, discharge. I can okay. So attitude adjustment, yes. Crumb suckers, yes. Yeah, cryptic slaughter for if, sure. If, discharge, yeah. no. Municipal waste, yes. Nuclear assault. I feel yeah. like they are, and yep. like SOD, MOD, yep. Yep. SSD, SSD no, not at all. The exploited, no, not the no. material anyone likes. Leeway, leeway is a tough one. Crumb suckers are all are akin to each other, but I mean, I think so the difference between them is crumb suckers get a little more, are a little more like uh, they're less rhythmic than leeway. Like leeway has groove in them, and I don't think crumb suckers have as much that's, groove. That's true. So I'd, I'd say leeway, no. Agnostic front. Overall, no, but as you said, agnostic front cause for alarm. Yeah, there's yeah. some crossover there. Um, but but the top of the pops in the hardcore punk world, COC, DRI, suicidal, and the mighty power trip. Um, it's worth worth mentioning some of the other stuff. Uh, it, it, like even stuff like, okay, here's a good question: Chromag's best wishes. To me, that's a heavy metal record, heavy metal and hardcore, not so much crossover thrash. No, well, no, because really, there's not. It's not that fat. Like, there's that's not right. Of, there's a lot of groove, right. and there's a lot of heavy metal stuff. But there's not like there's a lot of leads, a lot of solos, but not a lot of like. There's no. How much speed picking is there on ba- Best Wishes? Not very much. No, I mean I think Anthrax is Anthrax is a good one. Yeah, because they have mosh parts, they have fast parts, but I mean they also tried to steal the New York Harker um, logo, so. Yeah, we, we, we don't give their them. persona non grata. <laughs> in, uh, uh, shout out to them because that's another one in the same way we were talking about. Like, that's a gateway. That's a gateway band. I think that's low they were one of my gateway bands, Anthrax. I mean, uh, almost everyone I talked to who was in the I liked metal before hardcore, unless they got into metal in the mid 80s, like, like we're getting into early, like we're into Slayer early kind of thing. Right, right, right. Anthrax is the next big waypoint. It's like, oh, you were either in Slayer and Metallica, then got into suicidal and whatever, and and then then you're getting into hardcore. Or you go a little later. It's like, yeah, I got into Anthrax, and then maybe I got into more. Then I got into Slayer, and then I got into hardcore. It's like I got into Anthrax and metal, but Anthrax leads you pretty directly to hardcore. So uh, that's kind of interesting. I, I like as said, there's part of me that doesn't want to give Anthrax very much credit. But when you actually go listen to a couple of those albums, it's fucking great. Yeah, Among the Living, pretty good. Spreading the Disease, pretty good. Yeah, some good records. Um, all right, I think this next one's gonna be pretty quick. Crunk Core. Um, it's not even a real thing, right? This is made up. I mean, it's made up. It's that fucking band, fucking Broken Side. <laughs> All right, there we go. That's uh, that's the- I mean, that's literally what it was. And I don't know if you've ever you were ever fucking dumb enough to watch the videos because I was, <laughs> and it's literally like some guy like yelling, like singing slash rapping. Oh, I'm watching the video right now. Two like oh, scenes they're looking like yep, when yep. you go like, oh, that was my scene time. Like yeah, that was my scene, scene phase. Yeah, and then it's another guy just going like, Wah! wow. Wow, wow, it's wow. insane. It's insane. And it's like 
the least <laughs> core punk thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And yeah, it was big is... for like a year. Yep. And like Warped Tour made it a thing. Yeah, I'm looking at the cover of their uh, record called Booty Call. Um, it is, uh, yeah, I, I don't encourage anyone to listen to this, but I do encourage you to look at photos. It's outrageous. outrageous. It's insane that this right. is, it was a thing. So are we fully, we're, we're vetoing Crunkcore from this list. Like I'm going to go in and wiki edit this. This should be removed. I think we should add drug church to it though. <laughs> done. Done. That's the guess not showing up, man. Broken side and drug church. All right. All right. This one's a tougher one. Crust punk. It's not oh. tough. I think there's some... Okay. Uh, to me, there's a family tree of crust. Um, and it's intertwined, but but I think if you look at the beginning... It all starts in Memphis? <laughs> well, crass and discharge. I'm a, I'm a discharge guy almost strictly. Crass just never scratched an itch for me from a very young age. But I feel like they're totally different bands. Completely different. So they fall into that same genre. Discharge is essentially hardcore band crass i don't think anyone could call a hardcore band um both punk crass has a lot it's they're you know crass is anarcho punk it's got some weird stuff going on musically as it keeps going it gets weirder discharges db it's fast kind of pulsing really ripping really raw brutal um, vo- like vocals and brutal vocals um the crust is this then you get so crust is amorphous because as we've discussed there's a sound but then you go and say discharge but discharge and amoebics don't sound exactly like you can see a connection but then if you're like discharge and tragedy yeah you can see a connection but like they're doing really different things it's like uh a neanderthal and a modern human you know what i mean it's like oh yeah that's some shared dna yeah 100 percent. so um I'm trying to think of other ones. Extreme Noise Terror is another one I like. Deviated Instinct is one that gets cited way back. Um, who I think they actually have some tracks, but it's some of it is so noisy and dirty, it's hard to listen to. In the way that some of the like Japanese D-beat bands, like Disclose, it's got this layer of sound like this. Imagine if we were doing the podcast, Tom, and I was just making this sound the whole time. The whole time. Ooh, over. Give me more of that. Yeah, right, right, right. Turn that up in the left wedge. Nausea, gold standard of crust? Absolutely. I mean, New York for certain. Yeah. Uh, early neurosis, I think that belongs 100%. Yeah, all the disbands. Yeah, all, all disbands. So D-beat should be seen D-Beat in modern world has become its own little thing. It's under the umbrella crust. Um, Os Rotten. I always tried with Os Rotten. A couple songs never really got for me, but there's people who, like, Os Rotten was a band, like, high-level patch band in the 90s. You were seeing Os Rotten. Blood flaps everywhere. Everywhere. Um, But I think for the stuff that I really like, His Hero's Gone, Tragedy, from Ashes Rise, um, the Amoebics records are great. I really like Born Dead Icons, and they're they're crusty, but they have kind of this Motorhead, heavy Motorhead influence. So, so one of the big sightings they cite a lot of Venom, a lot of Motorhead, and a lot of um, Celtic Frost influence in Crust. Right. But Sheer Terror, who I would say was inf- influenced by at least two, if not all three of those bands, not a Crust band. 
No, but you know what though? They dress different. Flip side of the coin, you give you give Paul Bearer um, charged hair and a fucking and a gravel voice jacket. like, <laughs> and you give him you you and maybe you uh, speed it up one and a half speed. I think I got a task. I'm going to do. Um, I'm Bring gonna do like, the, play at 33 or 45 and see what it sounds like. Exactly right. I'm going to do just kind of again hit enough at, at 45. It might. It, it could work, it, man. It might rip. Like I'm. I'm not going to lie. That might be really good. Um, so I think that's. I think you. You want gold standard of crust. I'm going discharge. I'm going amoebics. Which I'm discharge going, record? Let's be clear for the folks. Why discharge? Why? Um, or the singles? Uh, fight back is like perfect. Fight back. Fight back is the negative approach seven inch of crust. Um, and it's really has some, some bad stuff. Correct. Yes. Uh, when you get well, so that's it's a funny thing. Yes, when they get later, it's just bad. Like punk goes metal type stuff. Um, I think hear nothing, see nothing, say nothing is fully solid. Uh, when right. you get to Grave New World, it's out. Um, the more I see, I think is where I lose, where it loses the plot for me. Um, yeah, Here Nothing is still a very good record, but when you go through their early singles and why is a twelve inch, um, I think you're you're solid. Like there's no, you don't have to worry about any bad discharge material prior to Here Nothing, See Nothing. Uh, so yeah. That's that's kind of, I think that's the best way to do it. Um, All right, yeah, that's that's the way to do it. It's basically eighty to eighty-two. <laughs> oh yes, a heavy metal crossover period. Um, and then with the other stuff, Amoebics, uh, I think the first LP is the best. Some people will tell you Arises. Oh no, I like Monolith, which is the the third album. Um, no Sanctuary, I'm not that. F- eh, the No Sanctuary is good, but it's. it's dirt. I like it when they slow down and get um, abandoned warehouse on on you. So, uh, okay, crust. We did crust. DB, we did, I mean, there's also in the '90s and 2000s. The His Heroes Gone. His Heroes Gone is perfect. Yeah, I, probably probably 15 counts would be my go-to. Yes. Um, yeah, that's the one. When I listened, I did a headphones listen on that. Um, maybe I was in Brooklyn for something. I was walking around. I just listened to that. It was like a sunny, nice day. But I felt it, like in, but in my ears, everything was dead. You know, it was right. Like, everything oh, was burning. God. And yeah. yeah, the Shell gas station was in, in flames. And, <laughs> exactly um, right. Tragedy record, the, the self-titled, right? Self-titled is my go-to. I think it's a little more urgent. Vengeance is just as good, but... Um when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, Vengeance is really good. It's it feels more like a symphony. Yeah, it's got the um uh what's the uh Broadway production uh the guy with half a face. Um it's got oh, like a uh, Phantom of the Opera. It's got Phantom of the Opera parts to it. Um All right. which are really good. But yeah, go go with Tragedy Self-Titled. Um to me, if you're going to listen to Osrot, you should listen to the Fuck Nazi Sympathy 7-inch. I think that's the one. 
Um, but yeah, and his zero's gone. I think maybe you feel low. Like anything. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah, like like I think if you like Havoc record stuff, you should hear it. If you like anything Close Casket has done, you could like the His Heroes Gone discography. Well, maybe not anything, but most things. Um, well, yeah, it's it's a it's a band who fits perfectly between heavy hardcore and crust punk, but it's no one is like they're infinitely cool and just there's nothing. I don't know. I think they have a borderline There's nothing putting by them. Yeah, they're they're like it's like, a borderline perfect discography. Yeah, and this is like I mean, let's be realistic. This is totally not like my favorite type of music. Sure. And like they're one of my favorite bands. Yeah, like, that's yeah, hardcore bands. Period. That is where we get to the gold standard, where it's yeah. Regardless of genre, you're gonna find these bands. that's like yo, this is just undeniably good and i think that's his arrow's gone so all right fuck yeah that's we're db we're gonna file under the headline of crust punk because you know what you should listen to if you like db you should listen to discharge um uh there's a few okay so they said they're trying to file they're trying to say crucifix and final conflict okay i can see that those are both awesome bands um yeah anti c-mix from sweden great uh, but yeah we're we're gonna skip ahead all right, Tom, this one I am lost on Deathcore. I mean, this is far lost on me as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm trying to look at some of these. I don't know any of this. So Deathcore, a uh, combination of death metal and metalcore. Um, this is the point where Deathcore to me symbolizes a break between like up until Deathcore, you could make a connection from stuff like Minor Threat sonically to just about every reach minor threat or negative approach or discharge or like one of those early wave bands and go okay i can trace roots back to one of these handful of bands deathcore a lot less you really really that's it goes beyond the kevin bacon test like you have to really stretch to find some connection um because these bands all connect better to an ancestry of like obituary yeah, yeah, or like, yeah, I mean, at the very, their very punkest is like probably Until Your Heart Stops Caving or okay. like a Convert yeah. record or something at the very. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would think. I, I don't, you know. I think that's or, right. Or, I think that's right. I, I Yeah, this is something that kind of I never got. <sighs> yeah. I, no offense. Yeah. No. Kind of, I mean, this is an entry point for tons of people, tons of our friends. Tons of people, tons of people, tons of people, and it. And to be honest, it's more expansive than we would say because I think that stuff like "Job for a Cowboy" and "Bring Me the Horizon" huge shit aren't Bring Me the, the Horizon same. plays arenas, right? And they are they are different than stuff like the Acacia Strain too, which yes. gets in this. So sonically, there's that's Deathcore, that's Deathcore Corner. We'll get we'll save that one for Patty. Um, Let's have Isaac and Pat just going back and forth. Oh, like, throwing yeah, out names. That's right. We should, if we weren't recording in the middle of the morning, we should have called Isaac. Uh, Digital Hardcore, um, I, I got nothing for you. I, I like the Atari Teenage Ryan a little bit. Oh, okay. And you know what I did like? If we're going to throw this in here, and I don't, this isn't named in here, mm. but I think it meets the criteria. The fucking Ink and Dagger LP. Oh. You know what? Um, yes. 
yes. So that's Experiments in Nocturnal. Is that the one, or is it just the yes. self-titled? It's, no, yeah. it's it, not the Buddyhead one. It was the, it was still the on initial. One. Yeah, that's right. No, it was the yeah. middle. It was right after the seven inches. Um, yeah. Hold on, give me. In, um, God damn it! I'm pretty sure it's Experiments in Nocturnal. Something, something, something. Yeah, uh, it's like a. You're totally right because I remember that that was a record I would listen to. Yeah, the Experiments. No, the fine art of original of, sin. Oh yeah. Oh, that record's good. Like straight up, but it has like, it has like it has some Atari Teenage Riot vibe to it. Yep, where it's okay, mostly so, you know guitar driven, but it's got like digital stuff in it. Yes, when you get to the B side, there's a lot of that. Um, yeah, so Fine Art of Original Sin is an awesome record. I think I tracked down a like rare copy within the last few years just because I think it's a great record. And um, to be honest, I don't love the Buddy Head LP. But that could be no. It kind of falls off a little bit. I think you could cite that in this, and uh, yeah, it's not stuff I love. But I would take it over a lot of other stuff that I guess I would qualify in the digital hardcore category. But yeah, as an aside, those Ink and Dagger initial era records are incredible and widely underrated. Wildly underrated totally forward thinking like like um i think we're into vampires way before vampires are cool (laughs) yeah yeah way before the twilight movies um they sonically they were taking cues from sort of like like right swizz fast basement hardcore stuff and then stuff like unbroken and if you listen to those and can dagger seven inches you might go oh okay like I can see some parallels to this and the early AN stuff. Right. And the Thursday stuff and My Chemical Romance. And yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, also, uh, whoever's doing their digital, you have they're up twice. One is Ink plus Dagger and then Ink and Dagger, the ampersand. <laughs> but no, the problem is the Ink plus Dagger has the Drive the Seven Inch Wooden Stake and the Love is Dead EP. But then the Ink ampersand Dagger has. Um, the fine art of original sin, the yeah. buddy head record, and it's the ink and dagger split seven inch, which I didn't really. Oh, with the Icarus line, the Icarus line, I remember that. Yeah, so they're all over the. They're to listen yeah. to them. You got to go to both. Yeah, can we can we compile this, please? Someone, so, this is us uh, screaming at clouds. Fix this for us. Come on. Um, all right, next annoying genre, uh, easy core. I don't even know what the fuck that is. You can't just add core to everything. They're trying to say the style's name originates from the 2008 Easy Core Tour, which featured A Day to Remember, Four Years Strong, and Newfound Glory. Um, So pop punk. Next. It's just pop punk. Thank you. Give me a fucking break. You can't throw core on stuff and think it's cool. That's right. Emo. This is a divisive one. We've talked about it a bajillion times. People get so mad. So mad. Let's do this. All right. 80s discord rights of spring embrace boom those are the tops of the pops that's what you check if you like it there's a million other little things to mill from there 90s emo um the jade tree discography jade tree discography uh there's stuff that gets more into indie rock that i don't fully count then there's stuff like the get up kids where it's like this is emo but i wouldn't call it hardcore um yeah then there's screamo uh, they're noting some stuff like the San Diego scene stuff. Uh, if you're going to yeah. scream out root scream out of me is Moss Icon, but then you go to the San Diego stuff, you get things like heroin, which heroin sounds like 
early 80s DC hardcore to me is just as much as it is something else. Uh, Antioch Arrow, I agree with that. Um, then you get some of the like page 99. Orchid Sasha. Yes, yes, there we go. Um, then you go further down the line, stuff like You and I has caught fire, but I'll be very honest, that wasn't a band that was... That was a band playing very small shows in the late night. I dug them. Uh, yo, uh, they were I mean, very good wasn't big at the time either. That's right. Like these are I mean, bands. Yeah, like like I think there's kind of this because of the the weird microscope that emo fell under. There's been kind of this reimagining of what those bands were and weren't. And I, you know, like that's fine. Like I would Jimmy Eat World. Are they emo? I mean, I think they were a fucking rock band at this point, but and, they were a rock band. The, the, you yeah. know what? Jimmy Eat World in the nineties? Yeah, sure. Emo band. Yeah. yeah, sure. The same thing is like mineral. Sure, you know, like that stuff. Yeah, of course. But then there's stuff that gets thrown in here. Anyways, we'll we'll talk more on that in post. And then emo post two thousand. I think you're. It's just arena rock. Correct. And uh, like, no offense if you like it, but to me, I mean, I like some. I mean, like, I'm yeah. not. I feel like Thursday, if they weren't big, they would have fit in with the you and I screamo. It would have told, but then they made it the like yes, the used are not a screamo band just because the guy yells. That's right. Um, yes, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes, and you're totally right about Thursday, and like that's a conversation I would be interested. Like that's kind of an interesting thing. Is Thursday if they didn't become they they were more accessible and kind of obviously talent and all that fun stuff, but they were like three musical decisions away from just being the most popular screamo band from new brunswick ever right like, <laughs> right right you know instead they just, of being like the next nirvana right yeah they just were like oh instead of going that way we'll go this way and then and, uh, this way and then all of a sudden they ended up being a band who uh did pretty well and yeah. were not just uh trapped in the melody bar so all right so that's emo um truly gold standard go to the embrace record go to the rights of spring record um some of that other stuff we mentioned is definitely good. Uh, let's let's skip over electronic core. I don't think Thank that you. counts. I don't think that exists. Grind core. Napalm death. Napalm death. Napalm death doesn't get noted enough. Um, I think they went like almost like to like to a death metal. Yeah, they went metal and went fully. You know, like um, they they followed the the path of what grind core could be in terms of records but scum is is just like undeniable undeniable uh great record oh the og in my opinion um how many songs are on scum jesus christ um a lot is that 28 songs it's amazing um this is an interesting thing grindcore and power violence how do what is the differences to me grindcore more More blast beats in than metal, like leans metal, whereas power violence is some blast beats, but fast you're and fast and then slow and then leaning hardcore. You know what I mean? Um, and there will be breakdowns more so. Like grindcore, there, there'll be some breaks and stuff, but it's not necessarily like breakdown music. Um, not a music. And you know what? To me, nails is grind but isn't grind um they kind of evolved it i think that um i think if you go for a modern example some of the some of the like not is it abandon all life yeah i think abandon all life is a great like it is to me so brutal 
and punishing that it does a lot of things that grind does in a slightly different reference place. Um, but in a similar way that, that Napalm Death does. Like, it's just this record you put on, you're like, oh my God. Like, this is music you put on to punish terrorists, right? <laughs> so that that's what I think. And, uh, you know, so Grindcore, I think it's an easy gold standard. It's Napalm Death, Scum. That's it. Tom, Heavy Hardcore. Oh, man. Uh, see, this, I don't know. I'm looking at it now, like, None of these bands. They also connect it to beatdown hardcore, which you know we're parsing up a little bit. But heavy heavy hardcore is too is too wide of a term. I agree. I I think it's a term I use because it blankets in a big way. But you can't just like is terror a heavy hardcore band? Yes, but they're also a hardcore band. Like they've got uh, like if there was a differentiator in heavy hardcore from just hardcore, it's hardcore that goes for the hard parts over the fast parts every time. You can't say that about Madball. You can't say that about Terror. No. Can't or, say yeah. that about... No. Or Dishonor. Any of these bands. Like, it's all... No. All right. Let's see. I'm going to see if we can get anything in here that I would beat-down say. Beatdown bands typically write lyrics about unity, integrity, stoicism. Yeah, I've listened to a lot of beatdown bands that talk about stoicism and perseverance. And bands often have a hyper-masculine image and attitude, including yeah, emphasis know. on physical strength and skinhead-influenced fashion, including shaved heads, baseball caps, and sports or army clothes. Yeah, so whoever wrote this should... should Definitely uh, listen to that. That uh, some bands like Judge here to ideologies like straight out. Yeah, like Judge one eight seven with the Glock and all that. Um, heavy hardcore. Jay. All right, here you want the easy answer. Let's make this an easy answer. The gold standard of heavy hardcore is hate breed perseverance. Hate breed satisfaction. You think satisfaction? Yes. All right, we'll take it. We'll I think perseverance it. is too cleaned up. I think. You think, yeah, satisfaction. Heavy hardcore is like, uh, uh, satisfaction is just like a fucking fast, almost grindcore record at some points because it has fast fucking. Yeah, that's true. From death parts too. All right. Jazz core, I don't know what that is. It's fake. Krishna core. It's shelter and 108. That's it. Uh, There's a lot of little things. It is a, so this is a genre I was very interested in because I I think Krishna is kind of cool and in a, I don't believe in religions period, but there's some interesting tenets and it's fun to know that stuff. Um, there's not a ton to dig into in terms of the bands who identify themselves as Krishna core bands. No offense to anybody out there who's done that. I've tried some, not many stuck. Shelter did, 108 did. Shout out to some, there's some current bands who are doing stuff that are, is, is at least sort of interesting. Um, your 108 record is? Minus Threefold Misery, which I think I'm an outsider. But I think also it's, I think more and more people are coming around to that. I think it sounds better than... Uh, so I love Holy Name and Songs of Separation. Yes. Part of, part of me thinks I love those records a lot because of just Exposure Point. Um, and they have tracks. They really do. Threefold Misery sounds better, has a more dynamic sound, and overall is a very strong record. Like, it's their heaviest record too, I think. Um, no, it, there's no fat on it. it just no, there's all, no fat. Like, every track is... And every track is... Every track is great and like succinct and... I think it's like literally a perfect hardcore record. Threefold Misery was released on Lost and Found Records, a label that mostly did mostly did bootlegs from Europe, mm-hmm. hurt them a lot, had some but limited distribution in the United States, was reissued, I believe, on Six Feet Under some years ago, 
but that's it. So, uh, and it was in, they did a discography that creation sustenance, right. Whatever, on, which on had all three records on AVR that broke up the, the broke up, um, Holy name into tracks and not that, that yes. one track. Oh, um, so yeah, uh, threefold miseries. Of, I think if you're a newcomer to one you should check out threefold misery first. You might love it. If you don't love it, but you think it's interesting and you're looking for something that's a little more, a little less heavy, go back to Holy Name or Songs of Separation. But if you love Threefold Misery, uh, you can proceed forward and you might like everything. I think that's their best sounding record. It's their most, like, that is a record that I think if you released it today, people would be like, oh, this is a cool sounding record. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you like Magnitude and bands of that ilk, <sighs> yep. That you would love 108 if you had never given them a shot. 100%. Um, Shelter. We've done this before, but what is your... Let's do this instead. What is your... I've never heard Shelter. What record should I check out record? That, for that, I would go Mantra. I think so, too. My favorite record is Attain and Supreme. And my favorite is Quest for Certainty. But they're a little harder to get into, and I really wonder about a young listener putting their ears on those records. I think Mantra sounds huge. It's catchy. Yep. Everything sounds great. I think that's that would be a good jumping in point because I feel like those other ones are kind of weird. They're very weird. They're very weird. Like, um, man, so we spent some time dissing Christian hardcore, but Krishna Core has the weird passion for their belief set that I'm looking for from Christian hardcore that I just don't get. They don't back down. No, they, it's weird. They, they, they get a haircut about it. <laughs> Like they All can't, right. you know, you can't even put on a hat. <laughs> yeah, you're full on. Um, next one, Mathcore. Anything? I mean, I'm looking at some of the names. I think, you know. I guess, I'm, I'm okay with Dillinger Escape Plan as the, the gold standard of Mathcore. Um, Dillinger and Bot, sure. There we go. I think that's the way. Uh, do you like, you, you like a little Dillinger. Do you like any botch who just announced reunions that are going big? Selling out everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know what? I did I, I like a couple of Dillinger songs. I get it. Yeah. I just don't need it. Yeah. And I think botch is like, this is cool. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's like this is cool. I don't know if I'd li- I mean live, it's it li- I mean, I've seen them a bunch of times, they're great. Yeah. But I don't really like I'm mean, I, I like my hardcore Neanderthal. Yeah, that's so. That's funny. The funny part about a band, uh, and let's put a pin in botch. That's one we want to get some pat opinions on. Um, Dillinger, botch, these kind of bands, the the quote unquote mathcore thing. They were all notably fun to watch live in a precision way, even if sonically it's really not, like really not my thing. Really not my thing. They were all very precise and good at what they were doing in this like. Wow, that's impressive kind of way, you know. Um, I was at a, a basketball thing, and this little kid can spider dribble. Do you know what a spider dribble is? I do not. Okay, uh, you you spread your legs out, kind of V, and then you bounce the ball. Basically, your left hand goes to the front and hits it, and your right hand goes to the back and hits it, and then your left hand goes to the back and hits it, and your right hand goes to the front and hits it. So the ball just stays bouncing between your legs. Oh, so it's like dribble your hands are right. using different hands. Yeah, but you're alternating your hands back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So it looks like you have spider hands hitting the ball in between your legs, and it never leaves your legs. It's not like you're Ving, but you're kind of keeping the ball stationary. Okay. Super impressive. Would you do ever, that in the game? Ne- right, never. It's 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 a it's a parlor trick, and I'm not trying to be mean, Mathcore. 
but you're spider dribbling. Um, good on you. Uh, mel- <laughs> I know, I know. Melodic hardcore. Okay. Oh, good lord. Uh, super broad. Uh, let's break it up. Um, GB. GB. Hundred percent. Seven seconds. Seven seconds. Turning uh, point. Turning point. Dag nasty. Dag nasty. Lifetime. Yes. Yes. Uh, let's go more contemporary. Post two thousand. What do we got? Um, one step closer. One step closer. Really doing it right now. Um, Anxious. I put them more in the like emo, oh, yeah, poppy, yeah. punky kind of. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything in the two. So, like the two thousands. The two thousands. There's so there was this. There's this wave from the northwest, northwest, west coast. So what singing ships and singing ships comeback kid was kind of not part of that but sort of in that same well but like go it alone um singing ships i'm trying to think of the uh not oh who's the other one they did a split go it alone it's um oh uh the u2 song not with, oh, with you, you no that's a band from california uh damn it man i'm i'm blanking uh Regardless, there was a huge wave of that. Some of that stuff's really good. I, I obviously am partial to Singing Ships. I think they did that sound pretty well. Um, but it had a moment, and there wasn't a ton of other melodic hardcore because it's the, weird. The more, like, the more, oh, you know what? Half Heart. Are they melodic hardcore? No. <laughs> nah, I don't think so. Okay, Killing the Dream. No. No. More screamed. metallic. Yeah, and more screaming. Yeah. Um, well, here's the thing I think after a certain time, the the melodic hardcore became less hardcore and more shy halud to me. That that was one brand. Ah, so this is what happens in the two thousand. Like the with honors of the world, more of a halud thing than a yep. turning point. Thing. Yes. So so me. yes. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think there I was a wave of these bands who had the turning point thing, but then it's like Bane. I wouldn't call Bane a melodic hardcore band. I think of Have Heart and Verse as kind of coming off that tray. Uh, Modern Life is War, another one. Strike Anywhere is melodic hardcore. Strike Anywhere, kind of melodic hardcore. I think when you talk melodic hardcore of the 2000s, some of it evolves and becomes, melds into, goes more of the metallic way or then goes and melds or goes more of the pop punk title fight way. Run for cover. Post, you know. And then the other branch, and this is something I said a a while back, goes the Touche Amore, a lot of spute, defeater even wave and that goes right, in a different right. direction so melodic hardcore got split up osc sort of uh you had ignite oh yeah that a They're defining pretty, pretty defining 90s melodic hardcore band. do you remember like oh, ignite man. were a live band like people would go nuts for that band oh dude the, their trips to new york like out to like jersey and new york yeah. were fucking really big really yep. big that did really well they were an early like we're going to go out and play a couple of shows on the East Coast and it's just doing like essentially a fly out. I don't know yeah. if they actually flew out or if they drove or what have you, but like they had they that dial- Yeah, they had that dialed in 15 years before anyone else. It was wild ass. Um, okay, this is an offshoot. Melodic metalcore? Is I mean, this a thing? I don't really know. I think they're looking think at like is- all the stuff that happened after like At the Gates and In Flames. Which is what do they call that? Uh, what's his name? Like the uh, new wave of the Gothenburg American. style. Yes, or Gothenburg. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think it's like you know, it depends on what your mileage is. Is Killswitch Engage early Killswitch Engage like a hardcore band? Then this that's what you're looking at. Or like yeah, it's got Poison Well. I I guess uh, okay. Like okay. 
you know. Yeah, yeah, and and I would. Okay, and then we'll pull it to this. We should have done this one first. Then metalcore converge. Uh, To me, it's Caven until your heart stops. Converge Jane Doe. Uh, Poison the Well opposite of December. Yeah, but then there's so much. Shy Halud, Hearts Once Nourished. Yeah, what about like, but then there's like Overcast, and then there's Harvest. There's like so much stuff. Like, I know it's not for everybody, but like, it's a very deep well of stuff. I mean, it's 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 a really deep well. All right, so here's a question for you. This is a weird one just brought up because we're we'll we'll get into talking about the Indecision Record Showcase at some point. Not not necessarily today. Unbroken is unbroken. I mean, they have metalcore elements, but I don't think they're metalcore. Are they metalcore? I, mean, I think they are. Yeah, I yeah. think they are. I think Integrity is. They're either the further well, and it's this where we start the parsing. The, That's when yeah. it was still core. Yep. It was still core involved. Yep. That, now metalcore right. doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean the the folks that are making metalcore for the most part are not being like. Man, can you get any better than the Necros record? Like no, no one's no, doing no. But but the dudes in fucking Unbroken are, or the you know the dudes in Integrity were. You know what I mean? That yeah, the like, dudes the dudes in those bands are going up and ripping solos, but also in the pit and stage diving. So and like yeah, like a negative approach. Yep. But I don't think. But metalcore now means a completely yeah. Different, it's a completely different genre. That's emphasis on metal, less on core. Which is a funny change. And then for the more contemporary, I think if you're talking metalcore post-2010, you have to cite Knocked Loose, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, Nardcore. Oh, Let's talk Nardcore. This is a blind spot for me. So okay. I'm going to... Totally. Right. Which, what I love is that it's strictly regional. Uh, Oxnard, California, um, which is north of Los Angeles, south of Santa Barbara. Um, beach area? Beach area has this weird kind of isolated scene but is really cool tons of stuff uh the goats the aggression lp dr JFA. no no jfa's from uh arizona but i always loop him into this too um okay. aggression dr no ill repute stalag 13 are the ones that i think are top of the t- line um rkl more th- crossover thrash medley than you would remember and has some weird stuff going on uh, a fun deep well and this is the same area that spawned stuff like uh, a couple of members of carry on were from this. Uh, the folks from 185 miles South podcast could, could tell us a lot about Nardcore. Um, is this like Ohio too? Ohio is just North of Oxnard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Nard Oxnard is the center of Ventura County to me. There's Ventura Oxnard just South of Oxnard is Camarillo. When you leave Los Angeles, you drive through this area um, the Agora Hills and like uh, Westlake Village Strife area is just north of LA. You go over some hills and hit. You go through Westlake Village, uh, oh Calabasas for the Kardashian fans out there. Thousand Oaks. That, yep, To then you hit To Thousand Oaks. That's where oh, To Westlake Village. That's Strife Strife country. But then you go over this giant mountain hill and come down a grade like you have to slow down your car because you're going so far far down into Camarillo. And it's like strawberry patches for as far as the eye can see. Oh, wow. You've hit Ventura County. That's where Oxnard is. You get to the beach. It's cool. Um, really good. Like low-key, some of the most solid, fast 
punk hardcore. This is the connecting point for people. If you're wondering how LA, how Southern California went from Black Flag and the Circle Jerks to Uniform Choice and instead and like late 80s hardcore, Nardcore is the thing in the middle. Worth checking right. out. Cool. Um, okay, let's go. We're actually going to make it through it. Oh, geez. This one's well, tough. You want to skip this one? Let's I mean, this is the whole podcast. This is the whole podcast. Let's do it. We Each of us picks one. You get to go first. New York Hardcore Gold Standard is? New York Hardcore Gold Standard. Madball. That's a good answer. Okay. Because you did Madball, you know, like I think that covers 90s and beyond, I will do AF for prior to the 90s. That's, that's you, you know, if you just need two things that are gold standards in New York Hardcore. With uh, more than one record. That's why I went Madball. And that's why I went AF. Like I, I like Chromax Age of Coral more than I like any AF record, but AF has more more good records than the Chromax, in my opinion. Agreed. All right, uh, Nintendo Core. This isn't real, is it? It is real. It's like Horse the Band or some bullshit. <sighs> okay, yeah, this is right. This is like MIDI Core. Okay, Horse the Band. There you yeah, go, Nintendo yeah. Core. Let's fuck out of here. All right. Yeah, yeah. This is this is where like if you if you talk about stuff like Nintendo Core, I stop taking it seriously. New Metal Core. I just I go I go dead. I in my in my head I'm not listen. I'm like replaying like Game <laughs> Seven of the 1986 World Series when you start saying this to me. <laughs> um. Uh, speaking of which, I was at an estate sale in in New Jersey, like at the shore yesterday, uh, and the guy had a bunch of uh, like signed baseballs, some baseball uh, memorabilia. It was kind of neat. Had a Tom Seaver autographed ball that a woman was like, oh, wow. "How do you know this is Tom Seaver?" And the woman's like, "Well, my husband got it signed, and then we brought somebody." And it's like, mm, I don't know. Um, had a would it for ten bucks? Like it's not like they're trying to fuck it. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was odd. Um, Even if they misspelled it, you can say it says Tom Seaver. Who gives a shit? That's right. <laughs> it had the you know, you're, not at Sotheby, you're not at Sotheby's being like, where's the certificate of verification? Like it some was fucking really, old lady selling a dead husband's shit. It's if it says she says it says Tom Seaver, give the lady ten bucks. That's right. That's right. Um, he, no, connecting to the '86 game seven. Uh, the fell. I think the fellow must have had some connection to the Red Sox. Because he had a custom-made Red Sox 1986 Eastern Conference or Eastern Division champions, like American League East, you know, Eastern yeah. Division, and it was it was notably weird and cool. It was it was 100 authentic, but well, was it never, a, it was a jacket like a dugout, oh. like a like a baseball jacket kind of thing, you know, like a, a satin, like a it wasn't satin. But it was like it was something you'd see somebody wearing in the dugout. So it was like I guess they right, had like, made. I'm warming up. Yep, exactly. And wow, uh, it was cool. I was like, well, I'm not going to buy this Red Sox thing. Fuck the Red Sox. But but it you was really cool. Friends, I should have taken. I, I actually thought about sending you a picture just as a like, yo, check this weird thing out. Um, because it had wow. two Red Sox like like partying kind of on the back, fully embroidered. It was really a wild looking thing. That's sick. All right. New metal core is this uh, real? Uh, no, right? Like, like this is just death core with a different name, right? What are we talking about? Yeah, such as Amur of Mice and Men, Suicide Silent. All right, what are we doing? Um, positive hardcore. Um, see, these are so weird because some of these actually existed but don't exist anymore, and some of these are completely made up. Yeah, like you've there, the term posi core existed. 
I think yes. typically assigned to youth crew, and they don't have youth crew as a genre on here, which is fine. So this might be it. Yeah, if we call we'll, we'll call this youth crew hardcore, positive hardcore. Uh, but the band they list are so completely different from each other. Right, like the two I can get seven seconds in youth of today. Cool. Yes, I'll take that. Good, clean, yeah, fun. Yeah, I mean, is it positive when you're making fun of everything? Nope. Uh, uh, I don't know. The Wonder Years, just straight up a pop punk band. What are we talking about? Like, what yeah, that was the thing. Talking about good band, but it doesn't make sense in. Uh, so, uh, youth crew stuff, I think, is a funny one. Uh, Posicore, like Judge is a youth crew band, kind of, but they're more. They're, they sound more like New York hardcore. And when you listen to Youth of Today, it doesn't sound like a lot of the stuff that tries to be like Youth Crew later on. Um, you know, the, the idea of what Youth Crew, quote unquote, sounds like to me is a lot closer to stuff like maybe like Instead. Um, like Wide Awake. And wide Awake. Uh, yep. And yeah. which some of that I like, some of it I don't like. Unit Pride, really like. Um, the Turning Point 7-inch is a good example of it. Uh, the first 7-inch. Um, but there's it's it's a hard one. So we're going to kind of... We'll just say listen to Youth of Today. They're they're a good hardcore band. Yeah. Post-hardcore, we just did a whole episode about it. We're, we're still knee-deep. This is the pause button on that. Power violence. I mean, it's infest, right? Uh, infest, yes. For me, so this... For me, forever, I thought infest... Was it like I thought and I knew about others and it grew. So to me, it's infest. Like if you've never heard stuff like power violence, that's who you'd play. It takes it takes fast hardcore the furthest extreme. And then if you want to take it beyond that point, go to stuff like no comment, uh, stuff like siege crossed uh, out, right? crossed out. Yes. Um, I think there is a whole world of stuff that kind of is on either side of this in more recent stuff. I think mind eraser. Uh, to me, Hatred Surge was really good. I think CR, C- yeah, CR had a lot of this stuff in there. Doesn't get mentioned very much. Should get mentioned more. They're coming out with a discography on seven uh, vinyl again. Hell yeah! Oh yeah, I yeah. think I knew that. Um, Lack of Interest from the nineties, uh, really, really good band. Uh, and then Spaz, uh, Charles Bronson, Spaz. Remember, that's the only band I know. Remember <laughs> Charles Bronson? Elements of it, uh, and then um, contemporary stuff. I think the band Internal. Is awesome. So everybody should check that out. Uh, Compassion, uh, Convulse Records, really good. Um, so that's Power Violence. Weekend Nachos. Oh, yeah. Weekend Nachos had a real minute. Um, a lot of people. Too big. Yep. Uh, progressive Metalcore. Holy shit. What are we talking about? Uh, is this, is this a Between real the thing? Buried and Me? Uh, I would accept Between the Buried and Me. Um, Some notable practitioners take influence from Gent. Get me off of this planet. <laughs> what about. Candiria, where would we put them? I mean, they're their own thing. Okay, that's what I think too. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I they consider themselves a hardcore band. I'm like, you're really selling yourself short, your kids. Um, okay, the next one is a tough one. Queer core. It is I mean, a thing, but it's yes more. <sighs> I feel like this is more like '90s, like Pansy Division type stuff, right? Yes, and it's sort of like a label that was taken more to identify that, like, hey, sonically, maybe not hardcore, but we're doing everything else, like all the other like elements, yeah. DIY element. We're doing our own zines. We're working on our own shows. I really buy in and love a lot of the Riot Girl stuff. Like, uh, you know, I think there's some good Bikini Kill material. Um, 
there's there's some really good material there, but I'm not going to speak intelligently on a lot of the other stuff here. Like, I think we actually should do an episode on like that the the um, kill rock stars material. Sure. I think that'd be fun because it is like when you revisit some of it really sticks, some of it doesn't. Um, like I, I found myself going, what was the band? I Team Dresh. I like uh, I like Bratmobile, but some of it doesn't stick the way i would hope sure. it does. all right a, a label uh, we talked about recently rap core i mean it's e-town is it, yeah it's e-town and fucking gridiron yeah and, and gridiron's look i'm just putting the stamp on it now gridiron is the gold standard period and a sentence better than better than e-town I mean, to you, yeah. I said what I said. Yeah. All right. I mean, five records. That's all I'm saying. Like, I fuck with Gridiron Heavy, but right. I mean, it's also Biohazard. How rappy does Biohazard get? Pretty fucking rappy, dude. <laughs> okay. Doggy Dog is pretty rappy. Doggy Dog is very rappy. That's right. Um, well, professional critic Mark Allen Powell considers the rap rock song "Jesus Freak" by DC Talk. To be the the that gave way to gave way to rap core. Get me. That's right. I know. That's the, the thing because rap rock and rap core are different things. That's what I'm saying. Right. I think I think E Town was rap core, but was aspiring to rap rock, and they were aspiring for POD. And gridiron POD. Gridiron is is core rap core. You know what I mean? They're like they're 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 like nah. We're rap core for life. You know, right? <laughs> uh, SAS core SAS core. I mean, we got threatened with violence last time you know, I, I mentioned it. SAS. Um, to um, me, it's uh, daughter's um, orchid could be a little bit of that. It's it's where Screamo gets an attitude, and not like yeah, a. Yeah. I'm, it's not I'm going to beat you up. It's I'm going to slap you with this belt, bitch attitude kind of thing. Right. I'm going to take this white belt out of my black jeans and smack you in the face with it. Uh, Blood Brothers, yeah, Blood Brothers is the gold standard. Uh, I'm not saying I like it, but that one. Um, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Blood Brothers. Um, okay, we're almost done. Screamo, we talked about a little bit. Um, who would be the gold standard of Screamo? I mean, particular my my uh, own. Break it uh, up, take- dude. Give me a '90s one, and then like 2000s or after. I mean, all all told, I I, I gotta say it's Touche. It's Touche. Let's just leave it at Touche. Uh, pull in Touché a lot more. of different elements. They're there. Yep, yeah, that's the one. Uh, I mean, they're better than all the bands from the '90s that they are are influenced by. I agree with that. Okay, um, ska core, the devil and more. Um, I mean, are there many? <laughs> I mean, it, this is this is another one. This is maybe the earliest one where it's like less than Jake. I think uh, titled the record Pez Core. Um, I don't know how because like. Ska, uh, Stuff like Less Than Jake is like edgy. It's like punk at its most aggressive, pop punk ska. Like, and, and I'm saying this as someone who's like, I like Less Than Jake, but like calling this core in any way is really inauthentic. I mean, like, the ska core is like really kind of based on the Boston's, but I don't even see that really. Yeah, come on. And they're just, just from. Dude, yeah. They came from hardcore. And doing ska. Yeah, right. We're doing this. Mean, to me, Folly has more core. Yep. To go with their ska than any of the bands that are being like Real Big Fish is not a ska a punk like a ska core band. Like, no, no, that was just a, a, a ska band that everyone in my middle school went to see. Period. Right. What are we talking about? Yeah. Um, it's when you start talking about ska core, my ear bleeds out. Um, thrash core. 
Uh, I'm going to follow this under mostly what we talked about with Bandana Thrash. Um, if you want to go back and say Thrashcore predated that, like an 80s sense, I'm seeing a lot of these names and I'm associating most of this stuff with just fast hardcore. You know, like straight ahead, fast hardcore, man. Fast New York hardcore. I'm right. looking at a lot Although, of this. Is it straight ahead or or New York City Mayhem that gets uh, credit for creating Thrash. the blast beat? Uh, NYC Mayhem. Yeah. Uh, and they, they do a lot of it. And I... They did it. You know what? There were other bands who who did that, but they didn't do it as a blast, right? Like that is the part is where it's like you're drumming, you're drumming, and then you blast into it, and then you stop, right? So shout out NYC Mayhem. You're all right. They've always gotten credit for it from like dudes from like Anthrax and stuff. I think yeah, yeah, they should. Um, This is the last one. I don't know why it's separated here. Washington DC hardcore. Uh, We'll say minor threat. How about that? Yeah, I mean, you go minor threat, you go bad brains. You can't go wrong. <laughs> Literally, you'll oh, be there. Oh, yeah. Yo, uh, a question that I have to ask myself, but I know the answer, but I'm going to ask you. I know Patrick's answer already. I think I know yours. Bad brains or minor threat? <clears throat> I go minor threat only because they have there's, – there's some bad brain songs that I hit fast forward on. Okay. There are no bad, no minor threat songs that I fast forward. I'm gonna go bad brains. It's tough. I for mean, me. you really can't go wrong. It's you like can't go wrong. It's fifty point one versus forty nine point nine. It's like right. they're both. You can't so go wrong bad. with either. So everybody, that was us going through a really bad list of hardcore punk subgenres. Yeah, you, on you can't just put core at the end of stuff. Don't do it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. It's like that Michael Jordan Jeff. Stop it. Stop. Yeah. It. Stop, Ronnie. Yo, everybody. See you this weekend. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Find Patrick. Bye-bye.